0: this isn't like the other episodes, and not just because it's our 100th episode. I mean, is any sit-down with Doug Stanhope normal, exactly? Even though Stanhope and I haven't sat down together in more than five years, he called me out the second he saw me across the room at the end of his own podcast at the inaugural Skank Fest in Long Island City. Quote, "'He's going to ask me questions,' Stanhope announced to the crowd. And "'I'm going to dodge all of them!' And yet, Stanhope graciously sat down with me between drinks on the back patio of the creek in the cave and answered more than a few of my questions— The others, he simply yelled, It's in the book! That book is Digging Up Mother, A Love Story, out now with a foreword from his famous friend Johnny Depp. Depp wasn't around this past weekend, but Stanhope did dig up Rich Voss for a fun cameo that really puts me in my place. We're going to keep it 100, so let's get to it! This comic... Yeah,
1: Doug Stanhope. It's been it's been too long. It's been a long time, sir. We've both grown up. Uh, th- last time I remember you was uh, the Montreal car wash. Yes, party. when you had the
0: infamous car wash party. Yeah,
1: I threw up twice during that. <laughs> I remember it was the same guy. I did ecstasy, and sometimes ecstasy will make you vomit just out of uh, like you have something in your throat. Right. It's not a nausea. It's like. Two times, some dude was talking to me, and I was. I remember talking to him at a, a, a normal pace, and I went, oh, Hang on, and I leaned to the side and I vomited voluminous amounts of puke and went right back to a conversation. Hang on, like you would belch, but it was just this launch of vomit. And uh, then I went back to him, and then hours later, he starts talking to me as the sun is coming up. Yes. And I like, went, I go, I think this is you. was <laughs> well, the clarity of, of drugs.
0: Yeah. I have, I have footage on an old flip cam of me. <laughs> the sun is up. It's clearly daytime. I'm still standing outside the car wash in a blackout, trying to interview uh, Bo Burnham and Tim Minchin. At the same time. And they grab my flip cam from me and go, Sean, you're not in any state to be doing this. But that's how committed I was to my work and uh, alcoholism at the time. There was
1: some comedian that was at that party that won, like, best of the fest. Mm -hmm. They included that. And he had come from the party and name dropped, I'm sorry, I'm not in any good shape. (laughs) But I was at the Doug Stanhope car wash party, which is everything I wanted. I don't know why I harbor such resentment. I'm a guy that, like, if I hate you now, I'm going to hate you forever. I'll never know why. I hate David Cross for the most silly reasons that now I under- But I still, the ha- hatred is there, even though it makes no sense. Hmm. But I still hate the Montreal Comedy Festival for ripping off artists Even if it's not actually true. That that car wash though was
0: kind of your your swan. I haven't seen or heard from you. You used to do it just for spite and then that car wash was like your your piece de resistance. That was
1: yeah, we can't top that. So (laughs) yeah, let's let it go. I don't even know why I hate them. Prevenza Paul Prevenza's Somehow in charge He's a friend I, I gotta stop hating them
0: Right You should It's not my place You should have a triumphant return And host a gala
1: Nah, fuck that Not till they start paying comics What they deserve This could, this could be the year You could step in and Ah, fuck
0: it mm. No, you've moved on to becoming a, a best-selling author Am I best-selling? You should be I don't know I haven't checked the numbers yet
1: No I have no idea Did you? I'll write another book, though. Did you ever think you would write a book? No. If it weren't for the fact that I signed a contract, mm-hmm. I'm a guy that needs, like, all right, you, you cashed the check. <laughs> now you have to do it. And I won't do Slipshod. Mm-hmm. So I I, I I wrote that book as best as I could write it. and uh, But we sold... Uh, Uh, How do you say it? Brian sold it about my mother. Okay, right. So we wrote the treatment six years before it got sold. And I'm like, ah, fuck. And the whole time I was writing it, I'd rather be writing like Motley Crue, The Dirt, like stories I remember rather than forcing myself to remember shit I don't and calling a bunch of people. All right, what happened? I want to make it as accurate as possible. But the next book, I'll write just the f- funny shit, <laughs> just the weird shit that I remember from the road. Well, how does,
0: you know, as I'm sitting with you, you know, you have this book out about your, your dead mother and it's Father's Day. And we're sitting here and you're in a, in a lovely yellow suit. How does, how does this match up with, with how you thought your adult life would be like?
1: I never sounds corny but I I, I never I, I've always lived for the day what's interesting today and what is not interesting today uh, so yeah and everything that I've done that would be a credit on mm-hmm. Wikipedia is dog shit. I accidentally stepped in I, I, I I just do what's fun, right. and this is fucking fun. Skankfest! We're at Skankfest. Yes. Skankfest, people! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, we're at Skankfest yeah, at and the Creek is- in the Cave in Long Island City, which is put together by the uh, Legion of Skanks. Yes. Crew. Uh, Big Jay Oerson uh, Dave Smith and uh, Louis J Gomez and they invited did, they invited you did they know you
1: were gonna be in town or did they uh, no, uh, bring you to town Jay asked me and I said oh, well we're supposed to be doing Howard Stern on the 20th mm-hmm. he said this is the 18th and 19th I go well I can make that work I have no act so I'll do like a live podcast
0: yeah
1: or yeah whatever goofy shit but I have no jokes right now I have to work out new material and uh, so yeah, that's great. Well, you can judge a contest. Would we'll do a live podcast. I thought I was gonna do their podcast, and then I saw <laughs> so you just be a guest. I saw today that it's my podcast. I'm like, how can I do my podcast to promote my book? But Sal Volcano, Jay Okerson, Dave Smith, Bingo, my manager, Mister At, Mister Hennigan, they jumped in and we just fucked off while I was drunk for an hour. <laughs> And uh, I feel like I used them. They bought me, like, uh, hotel rooms in New York are not cheap. No, they're not. (laughs) They might have bought airfare. I don't know. That's why Airbnb has become so popular. Fucking Airbnb and Uber are the only reasons I love going back to L.A. now. They make (laughs) everything easy. Yeah, that's what I did my last trip to L.A. was Airbnb.
0: So you're kind of the opposite. I just watched this new interview with David Letterman. Where he was tracing back his steps, and he had a definite plan. He went to L.A. and went to the comedy store specifically beca- because he wanted to get on Johnny Carson. He's like, "This is how you do it. This is what
1: I'm doing." You—it's a different day and age back right. then. I have comics who email me asking me for advice about how to start doing comedy, and I say, "When I started doing comedy, I haven't started for 25 years." So my advice would be to get a VHS tape of your act and mail it via snail mail to bookers. Like, I don't know. Ask the guy that's just ahead of you. Right. The the, the next place you want to be in comedy now, how did he get there? And he's better advice than me than get a VHS tape. So do that. Don't bother me. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so when you when you first started 25 years ago, did you have a plan then or No, I was amazed that I got my second week of uh, comedy in Las Vegas, which is a vacuum of comedy back then. The uh, all the clubs, the major clubs on the strip right. that booked like legitimate comedy shows. They didn't touch locals. No. So back then, there was – I was – second week of comedy, I got six shows doing open mic. Open mic where there were guys 13 years in the business still astounded when they heard Geechee Guy come out (laughs) from one of the major shows and say, hey, I don't come down to where you work and unplug the Slurpee machine. And the back of the room fell out. Like, it was that much of a vacuum. They had no idea what comedy was like. They were just doing fucking street jokes. So, uh, yeah, that's how I started. But how
0: did you end up in Las Vegas? From Worcester or from Arizona? Worcester.
1: It's in the book, Digging Up Mother. (laughs) On sale now on Amazon, Digging Up Mother. Yes, I I spell it out. Yeah. I got a fucking plug in there. Brian would be so proud.
0: But Las no. Vegas, twenty-five years ago, wasn't. It was kind I of. I didn't move there
1: to do comedy. I moved there it was, because I loved gambling. It was, it was bef- Yeah,
0: it was before they even tried to pivot to become a a destination for families or anything else. Yeah, it was, it was great. just a gambling. It was fucking fantastic of despair.
1: I hate to use homeless in the mm. sense of. Uh, I, I was young. I could live like that. Right. But I was basically homeless, but I was by choice. I could have gone back and lived with my parents. So, but, you know, free shrimp cocktail, free this and that. You could just live. You could probably still, it's still probably the best place to live as a homeless person. If you can dress up. Don't look all shaggy. Right, now you try to,
0: now I guess people try to sneak into Costco. Get
1: a polo shirt and some khaki pants at a thrift store. Just... Look like you're having a bad day. Yeah. Don't look all ragged.
0: (laughs) You're a preppy who lost the trust fund.
1: Yeah, you can go into a fucking casino, put a nickel in a slot, and Mm -hmm. get free drinks. It's in the book. (laughs) 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 Oh, Sean McCarthy. God damn it. How long have we been doing this? Fucking 20 years? Yeah, 20 years. In Montreal, the first time?
0: Aspen. I remember seeing you in Aspen in 2002. Oh, yeah. Oh, when I you remember were, you in Aspen. When you, when you were... Uh, we were both in different places then. You were you were the only one willing to take on 9-11 firefighters.
1: Have you even I, read the book uh, yet? No, I haven't. You're in the fucking book. Oh, I am? Well, maybe the, not your... The last email exchange Not your me name, Not your name. But you were there when that fucking guy was...
0: The last email exchange we had, I agreed to read the book if you agreed to sit down with me. But you didn't reply to the email. Uh, I, so, I, I'm too, uh,
1: 2,300 deep. Squirrel, sorry. Yeah. Rabid <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> uh, We're
0: outside on the on the back patio of the creek where you get uh, yeah. all sorts of nature read the and fucking book. civilization coming it's together.
1: Not, it's not a book of shit that I wrote down in a notebook And then went, here's material that never worked. Right. It's a fucking book. Is Dan Murr in the book? No, that'll be the next book.
0: (laughs) Did you read what I wrote? I wrote wrote something about Dan recently.
1: No, I haven't read it. (laughs) But uh, the next book I want to do is doing beats of 25 years of comedy. Right. There's always a scene. Houston was a scene. Minneapolis was a scene. Yeah, Acme's
0: going through some stuff right now.
1: But I want to go back and Mm -hmm. do a blotto biography. You know, when you we we got fucked up at Montreal. In in Aspen. You remember parts, I remember parts, and there were other people there that remember parts. And I want to go back and find all these different 25 scenes of 25 years and go out and talk, talk to people like you're talking to me and like, what do you remember? Right. And do 25 chapters of 25 years that we all remember a little bit of. How long? Autobiography. How, how long did it take
0: you to get from those open mics in Vegas to having a legitimate road act?
1: Uh, well, I did Doug Benson's podcast, one of the first legitimate, uh, uh, it was the Riviera in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. I had to move to Phoenix to get booked in Las Vegas <laughs> because after. they wouldn't, like you said, they wouldn't they book wouldn't locals. Touch locals and some people pushed Steve Sharippa, who booked it, and uh, he, uh, I, I, uh, Doug Benson's podcast. Mm-hmm. I w-
0: <laughs> These are footnotes. <laughs>
1: Pause here. Go to Doug Benson's. And- I don't know. If it was the first time I worked there. Mm-hmm. One of the first times I worked there was with Doug Benson, and they he he, he said they called me Doug Standup <laughs> because I just had this rote, just boring. Hey, uh, do you see this in the news? Like I was just terrible. I was just saying anything that I thought would get a laugh. Mm-hmm. I had no point of view. I was terrible.
0: What year was this?
1: Ninety-three. Okay.
0: Ninety-two. So it was before your, uh, you did the San Francisco competition. Yeah,
1: it wasn't until, like, 97, I think, I started getting a voice where I, like, you know, I'm not going to say things just to get a laugh. I'm going to say things I mean. What what
0: what what was the thing that made you change that that point of view to decide, oh, I'm going to...
1: Everyone at that time was doing one-man shows. I beat cancer, and I'm just going to talk about cancer a lot, and then I'll right. throw in a joke. So I booked myself at the HBO workspace to do a one-man show, not knowing what I was going to talk about. But I knew to, to this day, if I give myself a deadline, that's the only way I'm going to get something done. <laughs> so, just like with the book. And three days before, I'm like, oh, fuck, I have to do that thing. And I just started writing road stories, like real stories. Mm-hmm. That's where the transvestite hooker came from, uh, the banana lady story. There were early stories. They're still dick joke, but there was st- still uh, what? What, Brian? I don't
2: know. have to prove
1: all this. No, no, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Hennigan, your uh, conciliary. Yeah. That's the way all f- fucking business should be done. Brian Hennigan is my manager, a.k.a. life partner in business, meaning he only has me for a client. That's the way it should be done. Not fucking Jamie Masada. I'll sign every single person every that young, comes every into every town. young Sit by the bus station, mm-hmm. get every runaway, <laughs> sign them to a contract, let them do all the fucking work, uh-huh. and then take credit for it. I'm so glad that comedy club is the fucking worst in L.A., and the comedy store is fucking number one. Yeah, the comedy it's store has come so back up. Good. It's so uh... good. It makes me want to move back to L.A., except I would never, ever do that. <laughs> but I love going back there now. Uh, Rogan... I don't know if he's on top of it but I give him credit. He sold me on it. They've they well
0: Tim it's that's the book, the Booker different Booker Adam. Uh, they, they just they're, they're,
1: they're, they created I, a, a new culture there. In the, the 90s cuz I came up I started in 90. And in the 90s you could not name one comedian who became famous because of stand-up comedy. The entire decade, except for perhaps Jeff Foxworthy, Chris w- Rock became famous, but it was because of Saturday Night Live, right. and then went to Jim Carrey. No one knew his stand-up. It was he in became living color. famous because of TV right. and other things. No one in the entire decade where I started became famous, and I think it was Chappelle that... Uh, well, that was, that was the decade where they were they were giving sitcoms
0: to stand-ups. Hot chicks leaving. I'm boring. <laughs> it's our live podcast with an audience of one, and now it's about to be zero. Um, yeah, no, it's stand-ups would get sitcoms, and then they would become famous from the sitcom, not from their actual yeah, stand-up. Yeah, no one in the... It was a, you'd go to Montreal, get a development deal, and then get a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but back to uh, young protégés of Jamie Masada. When you did the San Francisco competition with Dane, did yep. you did you
1: know that he was going to be huge? No, no. It's in the book. Yeah. It's a huge part of the book. My mother, to the fucking day she died, hated Dane Cook so much where I would have to explain to her, listen, he's a comedian. I like that he was my comedy nemesis. <laughs> But I, don't, uh, I even put it on my website where I go, if I was in an airport bar with mm-hmm. my biggest fans and Dane Cook, I would sit with Dane Cook because he knows the business. He has something in common. Even if he doesn't drink, he doesn't drink, I'd rather sit with him than my biggest fan go, tit fuck joke. Because you uh, have something in common. You have a...
0: You've yeah. been through the same rigmarole. And I
1: use the uh, Yankees Red Sox. You think ball players hang around with the fucking fan who has fucked the Yankees bumper stickers? No, they hang out together. Right. <laughs> it's us against the fucking crowd, man.
0: <sighs> one, one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, which I doubt is in the book, is how you really kind of helped break open the door for... It gets mislabeled as alt comedy, but the the idea of getting outside of the comedy clubs and booking your own.
1: Uh, I, uh, I think David Cross would. Uh, booking your
0: own way around. Yes, America. David Cross.
1: I I I remember David Cross doing that, uh, but in friendly atmospheres. <laughs> uh, what what's the, not uh, what's the town in Georgia? Atlanta. No Athens. The, Athens. Yes. yes. That fucking, Rich Voss. <laughs> See, Rich, Rich Voss, Voss is Rich, here.
0: Rich Voss doesn't drink either, and you're you love. Sorry, singing. we did
1: a live podcast where I said I would definitely fuck your wife behind your back if she if she didn't have babies.
2: <laughs> Why can't I watch? Why does it have to be behind my back? Cause you'd give me that, you, you'd roll your eyes at my bad moves, like, oh, uh, you're in a fucker like that, boring. We were dri- we were driving up Sixth Avenue, and there's a big billboard of fucking Victoria's Secret models, the best of the fucking best, and we're both looking at them, and I look at my wife, and I go, if you think I come quick with you. <laughs>
1: Crucial. That's that's
0: perspective. That's perspective.
1: Do you know Sean McCarthy? He's the comic's
2: comic. I know. Let me tell you something. According to him, this is this is when you've done every other podcast in the country. This is when you do this podcast after you do your mailman's podcast. After this is the podcast you do when 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 this is the podcast you fucking do when funny business or comedy zones don't use you anymore. This is it. This fucking thing stinks, but he's a good man. He's a good man.
1: He's only saying that because he's been around forever, too.
0: He's only saying that because Bonnie has been on my podcast and he hasn't. This is the most he's been on my podcast.
1: His tenacity. Uh, uh, I'll quote. I'll quote a guy I I don't like. His a uh, fucking black flag. What's that guy? Henry Rollins? Uh, Henry Rollins. He says, allow me my insanity and I will stay in your heart with the tenacity of a crab louse. That's what this guy does. Tenacity. This guy's all over comedy. He's yes. He, he
2: just... No one reads it. No one listens to it. But <laughs> for, listen to me. We like for him. We're a talentless hero. He fucking knows where to go and when to go. And fucking, he covers it. He covered our fucking movie. And let me tell you, we got at least seven more downloads because of his fucking, his fucking, his Just for Laughs magazine from the fucking 70s.
0: You know, this is, this is really cheering me up. This is a good way to celebrate my 100th episode, by the way. 100th? Yeah, this is my you 100th. You 100
1: people to do this? I thought I was... Chucking you charity podcast pussy, but but no, a hundred people have done this. Yeah, I guess these guys are waiting for their second turn.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, you know, what you're standing uh, up. I'm now. standing up. I'm trying
1: to get some blood into my oh. legs. I'm drunk as shit.
0: Well, you know, uh, speaking of what Rich just said, I, you gave me some 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 heat years ago for picking the the online name the comics comic, but I feel like you just justified it because nobody listens to me. Nobody pays attention to me, and yet, you're, and yet you're here, which actually makes me the
1: comics comic. Yes, here, let's let's, let's hug it out with a little,
0: oh, a little lick in your earbud. A little lick in my earbud. So, despite what David Cross did, booking shows in bars, you said I could do that, but
1: better
2: we, or we, we yeah, with punchlines.
1: We used to call it barnstorming. Let's just fucking go out and barnstorm like the old uh, Negro League baseball teams, and just show up in a town, get on the bus, show up. Yeah, not go to a place where we're already welcome. <laughs> so, How, in the be- we in weren't preaching to the choir back then.
0: We were. <laughs> so in the beginning, when you were selling bars and nightclubs on this, was it uh, was it a tough, tough sell at the very beginning?
1: I remember. Uh, I think it was called The Aquarium on a Monday night in Fargo, North Dakota, with eight people there that hated us. When there's only eight people and they hate you? Yeah, it sucked at first and mm-hmm. we figured it out. What was
0: what was the key to figuring it out, do you think?
1: No idea. Like everything else, <laughs> stepped into it like dog shit. <laughs> Yeah, worked a little better than we figured out. A little bit better. Yeah. I'm hammered, <laughs> Sean McCarthy, the comics, 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 comic. Well, Doug, uh,
0: tell me about getting that gig for the British show, Newswipe, was
1: it called?
0: Yeah. Where they let you film from your house in Bisbee.
1: Well, it started with my manager, Brian Hennigan. hmm was m- missing <laughs> he, he did a show called screen wipe mm-hmm. and he said oh you have to do this thing so i did this thing not knowing what i was doing and i and then he had an- another show called uh, news wipe and then uh weekly wipe so yeah i have n- i have no idea what i was doing the entire time hey bingo's here what this much is liquor. Oh, fuck. Uh, that's hey, a, Sean that's McCarthy, do soda. you have any uh, closing questions? Because yeah. there's a lot of fucking whiskey in that drink.
0: Well, what's for someone who's been able to get this far without a plan, what's kind of been the, the guiding mantra or words of wisdom that have kept you going?
1: The guiding mantra since before I did stand-up comedy was... It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you wake up with a good story. So, yeah, follow your instincts. If that seems right, do it. If it seems wrong, don't do it. It's worked for me.
0: Well, I'm, I'm happy you're still waking up because there's a lot of people who aren't. and uh, <laughs> you're, you're still plugging along. And
1: I feel do? pretty good.
0: <laughs> well, I feel great because you agreed to sit down with me. In the middle of all this. so Well,
1: look at our options. <laughs> ah! That was a Joey Diaz laugh right there. Ah! All right, I stole Joey Diaz's laugh. Uh, I'm not the only Ralphie Mae in town. <laughs> Click. But you're the
0: only Doug Stanhope. And for that, I'm grateful. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> things first.